more than 100 unique styles of beer, each with their own set of ingredients, process, guidelines, history, and experience. If you're a beer lover, an industry leader, or somewhere in between, a better knowledge of beer style will improve your life and your work. Welcome to A Sense of Beer Style, essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. I'm Julia Herz. And I'm Jeremy Storton. We're advanced Cicerones, beer judges, home brewers, and we're excited to guide you through the vast and wonderful world of beer styles. Well, hi, Julia. Welcome back, everyone. This hey, is hey. Beer style, style cast. Yeah. Um, uh, today's going to be a little bit, a little fun because you know I'm just going to admit out of the gate that today we're talking about American Stout, and I'm going to admit this is not the first beer that I'm going to put in my hand. Uh, it has flavors that we're going to talk about in a minute that that I don't normally gravitate toward. I I like this beer, but it it's got to be the right time, got to be the right place. Or even more importantly, it's got to be the right pairing for this beer to just be just a a hell yeah for me. Um, But so uh, when we talk about its ancestry of the stout, you know, of course, we go back to the 1700s and before where uh, in England, where the working class, it carried all your luggage to and from. And uh, thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. And uh, and they they brewed a, a dark beer called a porter named after the the workers and then you know hey if, let's make it stronger so then it was a stout porter then they separated those out and there's porters and stouts and somewhere around probably the 60s we americans traveled through europe with backpacks and uh, on on our uh, on our backs and we thought wow this beer is great it has color it has flavor i wonder if we could brew this at home and so we did we brought the porter back home we brought the stout back home and we brewed our versions with our ingredients and now we have the american stout and so today we get to dive into this wonderful style it's a great style and it is one that it has almost like a divisive nature because you do have to be in the mood for a stout even though you know how many american ipas are are enjoyed with the same alcohol volume of five to seven percent Stouts, American stouts are not that big in alcohol compared to most wines you might drink. It's just that dark, roasted, more bitter nature that I think is where it needs the right moment in time. But this is a style that many of the original craft brewers had. You know, Sierra Nevada out of the gates had a stout. Believe Anchor Steam certainly had a stout. You have stouts on the homebrewer side that you said. So yeah, it's it's a strong kind of more roasted, uh, more bitter forward, uh, dark ale. But yeah. man, are they good? And and some people just love that dark, roasty flavor. You know, I think about people who love French roast coffee, where I mean that, you know, some people say, ooh, it's dark roasty. If you ask other people, they say it's burnt, but there's a flavor there that is very polarizing. You either love it, you hate it, and maybe there's a few of us in between. I, I put myself in between. But let's talk about the uh, ingredients, Julia, before I head on to uh, pouring my beer and talking about appearance. Yeah, because once you're drinking it, you're probably going to be like, why am I not drinking this all the time? <laughs> so, you know, Jeremy will put us in the mood by pouring his beer and the, the you know, we're talking about the Beer Judge Certification Program Guidelines, American Porter and Stout category, and we are talking American Stout as the actual style. 
That is now what's in Jeremy's glass that looks beautiful. But characteristics, ingredients that get you to the flavor and the appearance and, and really what the beer is made of is, is just your, your classic American base pale malts, right? This is not a complex style to brew, but it's got so much complexity. So American base malts, um, ale, yeast, and, you know, American hops, right? Uh, the dark and roasted malts are really where you get higher roasted versus lower kiln temperature malts. They really are the game changer. They give you more phenols and that kind of those tannins that give you some of that um, that more almost to acrid and, and beyond dark chocolate types of flavors. Um, and then some caramel malts are snuck in there too to give it some complexity. Uh, people uh, that are brewing it on the homebrew level or the, or the brewery level can use adjuncts um, to, uh, to give it either more complexity, more fermentable sugars, and or color. There's a lot of you know, ways you can get some darker color that are snuck in from some adjuncts or additives. But it's a very straightforward beer to brew. I mean, they really are. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and I've I've brewed uh, a couple versions of this before with my own little twist on it, and it came out fine. And and I and I'm sure all of us listening, all of us watching, and certainly you've uh, tasted some, Julia, that have been a little bit on the darker, roasted, burnt, even harsh side, and 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 that's one side of the spectrum. And then there are some that are just very smooth and 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 just soft in their in their approach. Uh, they 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 uh, have a little a bit of a, a prickle in, in in the flavor, but it's not going to poke the bear in the nose type of type of thing, you know. Um, so when I pour this beer, uh, if you are watching, you can see this. If you're not watching, then I'll describe it to you. When I first poured it uh, a couple minutes ago, uh, the 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 foam uh, uh, kind of formed really easily, and it persisted for probably a good minute or so. That's that's a pretty good. Uh, a persistence for uh, uh, foam, and, and the foam comes across as almost like a darker tan color. It's, a, it's I, I love using the word camel because you know I think about like khaki pants. You know, there's different shades of khaki pants. Uh, uh, it, you know, no pleats necessary. We're, we're talking kind of like a dark desert camel. There's there's a little bit of color to this neutral color, uh, if that makes any sense. But when I look at this. Um, if I hold this up to the light, it can be dark brown. It can be just jet black. Uh, if you have a thin glass or hold it at the right, uh, the light just right, you might even see some like little red hues in there too. That's perfectly fine. Uh, when we're trying to uh, assess clarity of this beer, that's really hard. You, we need a very, very thin glass to tell if it's clear or not. Basically, it is so dark that we're not going to see through it, whether it's hazy or clear. So we just call it opaque. Um, if you want to do some more thorough research on your particular beer, it probably is clear, but you have to use a good glass to, or a thin glass to really, uh, to show that, um, this, uh, like I just mentioned the, the head, uh, you know, it can uh, persist. It should come out really well and, and persist for a little while, but you know, that's really what I'm looking at for this beer. It's just dark. It's inviting and it's, 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 it's perfect for a brooding day. Uh, how about the aroma? The aroma is going to lead with the malt, right? Those specialty roasted, higher roasted temperature malts is, is what I referred to in the ingredients. Moderate to strong roast aromas with the style guidelines allow for 
Um, and that roasted coffee or dark chocolate quality, you can go to burnt or charcoal. The style guidelines allow for that, um, but they would be low levels. If it goes too burnt, too charcoal, and I really like that descriptor, um, you don't want it to go to ashy, right? You don't want it to be acrid. Uh, and then the American hops. I mean, this is an American stout, so of course it's going to have hop aroma and flavor, not just bitterness. So medium to low hop aroma, but at least hop aroma present. And those American style hops of the forest or the tropics, those are the notes that you're looking for. Um, and then, you know, the esters from the ale yeast are not going to easily get their way past those, those uh, roasted malt notes. But you might get some fruity esters in a low level, but it's definitely optional. And then that light ethanol, because it's a five to 7% alcohol beer. So you're not going to get a big punch of alcohol, but you will maybe get a little prickle to the nose when you're smelling it yeah. um, from the alcohol. It's, it's kind of a, you know, a reaction. And then um, you just never want it that burnt or sharp or acrid, but the aroma is very inviting. And I think the, the visual appearance is very inviting. And now the best part that's most inviting is the flavor. So take us through that. Absolutely. It, you know, when I taste this beer, when I taste a good version of this beer, which I have a very good version of this beer, it reminds me of pizza where you pull pizza out of the oven and there's that one big bubble that's, that's been blackened because it was closer to the heat source. And when you take a bite of that crust, you get this wonderful flavor of pizza, but there's just a little bit of that black uh, crust that's on there. And it just gives a uh, uh, not quite shocking jolt of flavor, but a surprising jolt of flavor. And, you know, I think, you know, did I like that? Did I not? Either way, I'm still thinking about it. This kind of what this beer is for me is you have this medium to very high roasted malt quality uh, that can manifest in dark coffee. But, you know, as uh, Julia, since you and I are advanced Cicerones, I can't just sit at coffee. To me, I think of like a dark espresso as opposed to that pot of coffee in the diner that's been sitting on the burner for two hours be specific about what kind of coffee this is i think about a dark semi-sweet chocolate with like a 70 percent, 80 percent cacao you know where it's you know we're not going to just you know uh eat these all day long on an easter you know it, it there's a little bit of bitterness to them uh, a little bit of burnt flavor uh like julia mentioned in the aroma that is okay. You can have a little bit. That's that's why we love this beer because it does have that that uh, that dark uh, kind of burnt flavor to it. Uh, some of these uh, low to medium malt flavors come across as just sweetness, rich chocolate. And we mentioned the the type of chocolate, uh, a little bit of dark caramel. Uh, you can have uh, low esters if if at all. They don't have to be there. This beer uh, right now, as I uh, smell it and taste it, I get a hint of of uh slightly burnt banana bread uh, i get this just wonderful ester coming out through there um the bitterness is going to be medium to high uh, because it, you know this is an american uh, uh stout so we're getting a lot of hops in there plus we're getting some bitterness coming from those roasted grains so that's going to add to that flavor yes uh yeah absolutely and so but the the type of hops if american stout most likely we're going to use american hops so we're looking at a low to high what a range that is low mm -hmm. To high they definitely covered the ground there uh but every every stout is different but a low to high but we're looking mostly for citrus resin american style hops doesn't have to be there but it usually is uh as far as the finish uh when i you know i think about flavors like a boat and the finish is, is the wake after the boat has gone by what what is what's lingering on your palate after after you're done swallowing and tasting 
we got a medium uh, dry finish there. It's not very sweet. It's kind of bounced out toward the hops, toward the, uh, toward the, uh, uh, the roast with a, a little bit of that uh, low burnt flavor coming through. And, and then you, uh, Julia, you mentioned the alcohol doesn't have to be there. Usually is a low to medium, very smooth, inviting alcohol warming that for me usually manifests in almost like a peppermint. Uh, so, so when you taste this, Think about how the flavors manifest, taste it again. Think about how it feels. Think about everything that's coming through. There's a lot of complexity there. There's a lot to think about in this beer. Um, but let's, I'll save that. Uh, uh, I think we covered most of that for flavor. Let's talk about mouthfeel because that's the other uh, uh, third leg of this third leg, three-legged stool. Yeah. And let's take a moment real quick. I mean, flavor is a fusion of three things. It's yeah. aromatic compounds, it's basic taste, and it's mouthfeel. Jeremy is following style guidelines, taking you through the flavor, which means what you're tasting. And the style guidelines are a little wonky because they're not just talking basic taste. So Jeremy talks about that ethanol, right? And the alcohol mm -hmm. should not be um, anything but kind of light or moderate, strong alcohol warmth. But that's listed in the style guidelines mouthfeel section. So I love that you covered that because in your flavor overview, that's what you're getting as you drink it. Yeah. But specifically that alcohol ethanol warmth is going to show up as a flavor um, in the mouthfeel section. Mouthfeel is commonly talked about temperatures, textures, and pain right? And the, um, the pain could be capsation heat or that, sensation, but okay. <laughs> that, that capsation heat or, um, that peppermint snap, right? That, that hit of menthol or that ethanol hit. That's why Jeremy appropriately said that he was getting the ethanol in his flavor description. And yet it's part of mouthfeel and the way that BJCP talks about it is medium, um, uh, light to moderately strong alcohol warmth. And then on top of that, the body, right? That weight on the on the tongue and the and the soft palate uh, is medium to full. That's not too big of a spectrum. I actually appreciate that because otherwise the hops and aroma are so broad and other things. Jeremy talked about such a broad spectrum. Medium to full body, right? You do get some some weight and girth to this beer, um, but it can be also going all the way to creamy, right? It's 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 weighty enough and and dense enough that it goes to creamy and and silky and 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 soft on your tongue as you drink it, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, that bit of roast or you know driven astringency that I've talked about is is there, but you don't want it to be overly aggressive, and you certainly are, I think, getting a cleansing effect and a drying, refreshing effect from the fact that this beer is low enough alcohol, less than eight percent, to hold medium high to high carbonation. So the carbonation in the mouthfeel really helps dry out this beer and brings you that refreshment and makes you want to have a sip after sip. So I love good, complex, bigger style beers that hold good carbonation. Um, I, you know, I like them still too, but carbonation really is a great ingredient in beer and a big component of the mouthfeel. Yeah. And, and, and everything that we described, it's, you know, when I think about, uh, you know, the, the aroma, the taste and the mouthfeel of all forming just collectively flavor, there's a lot of bleed over it. And, and, and I, I, I go back and forth with those two. And that's just one of those things because, uh, and particularly with this beer, I, I think of this beer is it's both provocative and inviting at the same time. And maybe that's why we love it so much because it's challenging and, and comfortable at the same time. And it's, it's a, uh, it's a weird paradox. Uh, so when we talk, when we talk about, uh, the style comparison, what can we compare an American stout to? If we were to look at the, uh, extra stout or the, or the export stout, 
This one is going to have a little bit more hop character. It's going to be a little bit more bitter. Uh, and it's probably going to have a little bit more roast as well. This one is just a little bit, has more character and all that than the export stout. Uh, the for, it, When we uh, compare it to a black IPA, IP, the black IPA is not going to be quite as, uh, well, it's going to be about as strong, but it, it's going to have a little bit more hop character because, hello, it's an IPA. So they're going to uh, put that first. Uh, when we talk about uh, an imperial stout, this one is not going to be as strong or as big in body and, and alcohol and, and impact. Uh, and when we, and I think the best comparison is we compare an American stout to a British stout. Well, we Americans love our hops. We want more roast character. We want more hop character. We want more bitterness. And the British ones are going to be a little bit more on the malt forward side compared to an American stout. So this is how I would define and differentiate these beer styles from each other that are very similar. Uh, but I urge you, if you're studying for a Cicerone test or a BJCP test or, or anything like that, taste these side by side and really, really get to know them intimately. Uh, but that's a style comparison. How about uh, the commercial examples? Yes. And if you're throwing commercial examples in the mix to try to calibrate, one way to differentiate, say, the American stout from the imperial style stout is it's going to have less cholera foam. It's going to have less carbonation. So visually, if you're testing against, you might have a, a, a good way to cheat and yeah. uh, look for that difference because it's it's a fun oh, one to look point. for. Yeah. Um, commercial examples are readily available. Thank goodness. This is not one of those styles where Jeremy and I have to say again and again, we wish we saw more of these because uh -huh. they're about as prolific as pretty much most microbrewery or brew pub tap rooms that you walk in. It's going to have an American stout often from the brewer on tap. The, um, the ones that are packaged and from regional brewers or, or, you know, national or international brewers in the U S particularly are very prolific because it is an American style. You know, Bell's Kalamazoo stout is one that really helped put the style on the map. Uh, Larry Bell, who started Bell's brewing really started as a home brewer. And he was one of the first commercial beers, um, to get out there in this day. They have whole festivals dedicated to the Kalamazoo stout for sure. On the West coast, not, you know, the East coast Deschutes Obsidian stout is a mainstay day in and day out. That is what Jeremy's drinking. If you're going to look for a reliable example, go to Bell's, go to Deschutes. Sierra Nevada also has a stout, which frankly, I don't see as much as Deschutes or Bell's, Yeah, but that's good pick point. it up. You know, pick it up, go for it. And then um, Avery out of bounds style uh, helps set the stone, the tone as well. And then I haven't had Trillium Secret Stairs. I love seeing yeah, a, a Trillium on the list, but I haven't had it. And that's another good example of American Stout. Yeah. Uh, when we talk about the vital stats, what you need to know uh, about this. So for, I'm going to start uh, with what Julie Aubrey mentioned. This, uh, the ABV, this is from five to seven. So we are in the smack dab in the middle of uh, what I consider to be average strength to slightly elevated five to seven ABV. What the, how that's going to translate to original gravity is, uh, you know, you're putting your hydrometer in the, in the flask and, and we're getting uh 1050 to 1075. There's that correlation between original gravity and what we expect the ABV to be as long as everything attenuates properly. Uh, for those of you uh, who speak Play-Doh, we're looking at 12 and a half to 18 and a half Play-Doh uh, right around there. Uh, that is all going to attenuate down and, and uh, ferment down to a final gravity of 1010 to 1020. Uh, now, keep in mind, uh, 1010 is that fence for me, uh, above which it's got some body and, and some character, below which it's just very light and dry. This one has some pretty firm 
uh, a body uh, left over to it and residual sugar left over to it. And that's uh, as evidence when we talked about malfill, we got a medium to full body. That's that's where what we're looking for with that final gravity. For those who are looking at for a final Plato, we're lo looking at two and a half to five and a half, uh, and that and that translates there. Um, so that's that's kind of where the uh, ABV and the gravities go. Uh, so the the overall the the alcohol uh, by Plato, if if you will, uh, for those who again speak Plato, we're looking at ten to thirteen. It's just that's where we're going to drink this at. But that's the alcohol. That's the gravities. Um, IBUs. This one is a hoot. <laughs> because this goes from uh, the IBU range for this is anywhere from 35 IBUs all the way up to 75 IBUs. This could be lightly hoppy or it could be excessively hoppy. The the, uh, the range there is just astounding. I, I find that absolutely in, uh, interesting. And that's just for the American stout. When we're looking at color, we mentioned is going to be dark brown to black. That's that puts us firmly in the 30 to 40 SRM or standard reference method. If we're outside the U.S., we're looking at EBC. We could just effectively double that, and we're looking at 60 to 80. But remember, this is dark brown or or black. Or as that Lego Batman says, I only work in black and sometimes really really dark brown. That that's kind of where this this beer lies. Um, that, that's it for the final stats. It's really important to understand what these numbers mean and know where this style fits in comparison to its like uh, beer styles. So that's why we talk about the vital stats, but, uh, let's talk more importantly about glass and temperature. Yes. And glassware, again, this is a complex style and flavor, but not approach in brewing process or ingredients. And so the glassware to me is pretty straightforward. I would acceptably drink this scandal in a pint glass, um, you know, because it's, I want some of that carbonation to volatize out. It's okay if some of the flavors are dampened, so that might lessen some of the bitterness and kind of mute some of that, you know, more burnt flavor or, or acrid, higher roasted malt flavors. So I would accept it happily. And and drink it, you know, joyfully in a, in a pint glass, or, you know, you can up the game and go to more of a, uh, Nonic type of pint. Um, and Jeremy's got, you know, the perfect example in his hands right now, if you happen to be watching us. So that English pint glass, right? The Imperial pint glass, your hand holds around it. You're going to get to more warmer temperatures and sure. It's great. You're going to have this on tap. Probably you're out of your fridge at 38 degrees Fahrenheit. And then you're going to, if it warms up, enjoy it all the way up to 45 degrees Fahrenheit or 50 degrees Fahrenheit. So, you know, um, seven to 10 Celsius. And so those temperatures are going to help it display more and be more, um, uh, aggressive in what is in the glass uh, flavor wise. And so I like them cold. I like them as they warm up too. Yeah. And, and this is a really fun thing to do uh, to really study and understand this beer because I've done this with lots of different beers, um, uh, almost every beer style in the, in the list, but especially with this one where you open it right out of the fr uh, fridge and you take a few sips and just let it sit, just let it sit in your hand spend half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour drinking this thing and just notice the differences as it changes temperature. Uh, I think that is a huge and wonderful education that you'll have to uh, give yourself. Um, but this one, uh, we're going to talk about uh, pairing. Uh, I, I did want to have like a just a quick uh, a PSA, a public safety announcement. Um, you know, when whenever we talk about pairing, uh, people love to talk about stouts and Chocolate blah, blah, blah. It could be a chocolate mousse or chocolate cake or whatever. I want to urge you, everyone, be careful with this. There, the cancellation effect, uh, it, cancellation effect 
is very strong uh, with this uh, experience. It can go really well or it can go south in, in a hurry because remember, um, uh, like cancels like, sweet cancels sweet. And if that actually happens with a stout like this and a, and a chocolate mousse, or chocolate cake, whatever it may be, you could end up with uh, all the sweetness can be uh, swept away and you're left with everything but. So if you experience that, now you understand why. Try something different. Try something with, uh, uh, you know, cheesecake or or we talk about creme brulee often in the style cast. I don't, we 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 must be in the mood for creme brulee, but this beer would be fantastic with creme brulee. Um, I would love this with uh, a, like a dry cheese, you know, like a parmesan or something like that, or or um, or like a steak that's just like medium rare, still got some sweetness and savory. This would be a great beer with that. But Julia, I got to share something with you and and, and everyone else. Um, I found. I, as a kid, I used to go to the Southern California desert and, and get date shakes. And I loved date shakes. It was basically vanilla ice cream with a bunch of dates and, and all blended up and they were fabulous. Have you ever had one? They are fabulous. But one day I decided, okay, uh, here's the stout that kind of challenges me and my pairing ability. I decided I'm going to get some pistachio ice cream, get this beer and some dates and make a date shake with uh, obsidian stout from Deschutes, pistachio ice cream, and it was pure heaven because all that sweetness balanced out that roast and that bitterness, and that roast and bitterness balanced out all that sweetness, and it was pure heaven. So I urge everyone to try that. Yummy. You got me distracted from what I was going to say I'd pair with, but I'll try to bring it back and bring it home. Um, a, go to coffee, right? Don't just go to chocolate because darker chocolate going to more um, uh, acrid flavors, go to coffee. Coffee cake, right? Things with coffee. Coffee ice oh, yeah. cream, right? Oh, yeah. Coffee makes so much sense in in some of the mix here. Also, too, in the main dishes, you know, get a little wacky. Like I'm I'm eliciting now in my mind as Jeremy's talking, um, Chinese food like beef with broccoli, right? And they often yes. have like this brown yes. base or like a hoisin sauce almost on the side. You know, stout's going to link and, and bridge with many things that have advanced heat flavor in that sauce or on that grilling method, whether it's vegetable or protein. So I, I'm going to Chinese food and sticking with beef with broccoli and having an American stout. Oh man, that sounds amazing. I got to try that. Um, as always, uh, you astound me, Julia. That was, uh, wonderful. Um, but you know, for those of you who don't, or who are not in love with American stouts, I, I don't believe there's such thing as a bad beer. I believe there's a, a misunderstood beer. And I think these pairings is how we can better understand these beers, whether it's with Chinese food or some pistachio ice cream and dates. This, for those of you who uh, have yet to fall in love with the style, it's there. It, you just have to uh, reach across the aisle, so to speak, and, 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 and just understand and appreciate what this beer has to offer. Um, but that being said, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And uh, cheers to you. Cheers to you all. Be well and enjoy your American Stout. Thank you for listening to Essential Beer Style, the essential beer style training for those who want to lead in food and beverage. With advanced Cicerones, me, Julia, and me, Jeremy. Tune into the next episode as we continue exploring the world of beer styles and what to make of them. We encourage you to listen to the prepisodes to build your foundation and better understand beer styles. And before the next episode, I'd like to ask you to review the show and let us know what you'd like featured in upcoming episodes. Until next time, here's to you and your sense of beer style. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.